Welcome to Financial Repression Authority's Roundtable Insight, where the best fund managers, economists, and industry leaders discuss the key investment issues and challenges in the current macroeconomic environment. Hi, welcome to FRA's Roundtable Insight. This is Richard Benuli. Today we have Ronald Peter Stovall and Ira Harris. Ronnie is partner at Incrementum AG and responsible for research and portfolio management. With his team, he publishes the famous In Goal We Trust, one of the benchmark publications in gold, money, and inflation. In 2014, he co-authored the book Austrian School for Investors, and in 2017, The Zero Interest Rate Trap. Ira is an independent trader, a successful hedge fund manager, global macro consultant, trading foreign currencies, bonds, commodities, and equities for over 40 years. He was also CME director from 1997 to 2003. Welcome, gentlemen. Hi, Richard. Hi, Ira. Thanks for being Richard, yeah, back again. Ronnie, yes, glad to be here. I can't wait. I understand that Ronnie's been uh, in China at Gold Conference. So what better way to start that up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned you were in Shanghai, Shanghai, China at a Gold Conference. Can you give us an update from there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was uh, invited to, to, to give a speech, uh, a keynote speech uh, at a big gold conference in Shanghai. Um, and it fits pretty well because we decided um, to conquer the Asian market uh, next year as well with our In Gold We Trust report. So um, starting next year, we will publish the In Gold We Trust report in Chinese, in Mandarin as well. Wow. And so it was really, really exciting to, to go over to Shanghai. Um, at the conference itself, I was really, uh, I was really surprised about this extremely high level of sophistication. Also, from 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 officials, you know, speaking to people from uh, from the big banks, from Shanghai Gold Exchange, um, Shanghai Futures Exchange, um, China Gold Association, and so on. And it's it's just um, just interesting, you know, comparing the different views and attitudes when it comes to gold. Of course, also the time preference of the Chinese, they're really in for the long game. Um, and it gave me a, a great view on, on, on the Chinese gold market. At the moment, it seems, you know, the Chinese tend to be a bit of a, you know, they've got some sort of a gambling attitude and, and, and they're, 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 they're very open about that. So for them at the moment, gold is a bit boring. Um, they, they like to buy stuff that, that is rising, that is in the bull market. So um, I think it's at the moment, it's still quite calm. But, you know, China is still by far the largest gold producer. And uh, I think next to India, uh, the biggest gold consumer. Um, so, yeah, it's been, been really, really a great trip, of course. Um, we talked quite a lot about the... The trade was, the currency was, the Chinese are pretty, pretty laid back about that. Um, I think they, they, they know that they're in a slightly better position. Um, so, yeah, um, when it comes to the economy, I think it's also, also interesting. This is something that we can observe um, also in, uh, let's say, China proxies like commodity markets, Australian dollar, and so on. Um, of course, the Chinese economy is not doing so well at the moment. Um, we're having uh, money supply growth is imploding at the moment. 
But on the other hand, um, everybody says, you know, our long-term perspectives are, are, are excellent. Everybody's excited about the One Belt, One Road, uh, about um, the China 2025 um, uh, initiative where they decided which, which are the, you know, the, the most important technologies. Um, and interestingly, the, 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 the People's Bank of China was basically the first central bank that made a monetary U-turn. So they, they already changed the reserve requirements. Um, and, and I think this is something that we will see uh, sooner or later, probably sooner from, from all other major central banks, especially from the Federal Reserve. Um, so this is one of our main main calls for 2019, uh, the monetary U-turn. And was there any discussion about the uh, strategic planning or, or just the potential in general for a Chinese currency or a government-based Chinese currency on gold, like tied to gold? No, I, I think that's, that, that's something that... Um, just 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 won't happen because what what would happen um, uh, a gold back remimbi would be extremely strong um, and I think this um, watching the the, the Chinese yuan or remimbi the last couple of months we can see that they're doing everything to to answer the trade wars with a currency war and that's something that uh, mr. Trump doesn't doesn't really uh, enjoy too much so they want and they need a weak currency so I don't think that that all those rumors about the gold back to Remimbi um, will come true, but I think, and that's that's basically some sort of a, an open secret. Everybody says that the People's Bank of China has got significantly more gold uh, than those 1,800 tons um, that they officially announced. Many people said uh, actually um, the Chinese have got more gold reserves than 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 the United States, so more than one uh, more than 8,000 tons. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I I think the 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 main view that that we are having at Ingold we trust is that uh, the next crisis might be uh, a currency crisis, so not a financial crisis. And every time there's um, some sort of a realignment of our monetary system, let's put it that way, um, gold played a major role. And Chinese, they 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 study history, um, so I think they know that, and 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 uh, it's no coincidence that the most important um, countries basically um, own quite a lot of gold. It's it's the the U.S. with eight thousand tons. It's the eurozone holding more than ten thousand tons. The Russians are buying gold like crazy. Chinese have got probably between five to, to 9,000 tons. The IMF has got gold. So, yeah, I think that there will be some sort of a revaluation of gold um, in the course of the next currency crisis. And Ira, what do you make of the interest uh, by the Chinese in gold? Well, yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear uh, Ronnie's uh, viewpoint on that because, you know, when I, when I look at it, I'll push back a little bit that, I have to ask the question, the Russians and Chinese are buying all this gold. Uh, there's no question about that, that they've been the biggest purchasers, of course, because it moves them and allows them uh, to support some alternative to the U.S. dollar as reserve. That's not a conspiracy. That's actually undoing uh, uh, 
many years of yeah. uh, abusiveness by the United States, because as long as the United States can control that Swiss system of dollar transfers, it's easy for them to invoke sanctions. Uh, so I, I find it, I find it interesting, but I, you know, I've read so much about the Chinese, you know, yes. The, there, there's the issue, and you know, again, with Professor Michael Pettis, is China going to uh, morph into a more domestic consumer-based economy? And if they do, well, then a stronger currency would actually be uh, helpful because uh-huh. the Chinese yeah. con- consumers. So, therefore, I, you know, I think that, and, and as Ronnie aptly says, they play the long game. This quarter to quarter nonsense that we've been uh, that Wall Street has you know foisted upon the world. Uh, I know I'll I'll get finance professors who will push back at me. I had this discussion, but the Chinese do play the long game, and they definitely have that view. I would I would only ask if I was in China, and, I, and I've never been to China. Uh, many people I love closer have been to China and have a lot to say about it. What, if the Chinese were going to create an alternative, would they be almost bimetal, where they would you know, make it gold and silver, the traditional uh, strengths of, uh, of, uh, hard, of hard currency? So I wonder if there's any talk of that. Well, well silver is a big topic in, 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 in China. Um, Interestingly, that the, the word um, for for bank and silver is is basically the same in in, in Chinese. Uh, somebody told me, so um, uh, p- p- perhaps they would go for that. And and I agree with Ira. Um, uh, I think going going forward, the next couple of decades for them, it's important uh, to to really stimulate um, internal demand. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a huge market. Um, we're already seeing that many manufacturing jobs like um, those factories producing you know t-shirts and uh, and, 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 and and shoes and whatever um, those industries are leaving to to Cambodia to Vietnam and so on while in China they really want to build high technology um, um, they I, I think you know when you talk to people, um, 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 uh, university professors, when you talk to, to parents about the education of their kids, you can tell that they're so eager that their kids study at the best universities. And they really, really work extremely hard. Some professors told me that like the best students are, 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 are coming back um, from the U.S., from UK and so on. So, so they're really um, into developing um, high technology products and, you know, all those uh, electric vehicles uh, driving around. Um, I, I was, I was really impressed and I, and I thought, you know, um, I'm, I'm having some sort of an uh, Austrian econo- uh, economist background. <laughs> I'm always a bit critical when it comes to, uh, to government planning, but, but on the other hand, it sometimes feels like, they are much more uh, capitalists than than we're in the, in the Western world. So, of course, there's government control, and uh, I had lengthy discussions about this social credit system and so on. But on the other hand, there's uh, as a, as an entrepreneur, you have got quite some yeah uh, 
so, some leeway and and room to maneuver. So so the entrepreneurial spirit um, that I could feel that I could see was was really impressive. And this is something you know coming back to Europe. This is something that I completely miss over here. So that made me really confident for 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 the longer term. Um, so I didn't really. Um, answer your your question, Ira. Um, if there would be some sort of um, biometal standard going forward, um, as I've said, for for now, I don't think that they want or that they can can afford a, a really strong uh, currency. But as they are in for the for the long term, and just to give you um, just to give you one really really um, um, good um, explanation or or or, or um, example for their long-term thinking. Um, there was a speech by, by the current uh, Premier Minister uh, Xi, and he said that basically in 500 years from now, he doesn't want to be the, the, the guy um, uh, in history books um, that will be blamed for ruining the Chinese environment. 500 years. So, so their, their initiatives when it comes to um, uh, environmental um, uh, regulation and you know clean air, clean water, and stuff. They, they're really serious about that. Yeah. So, and they've they've improved significantly the last couple of months, and and that's really their top priority. So that's that was that was really really impressive and and shows um, about their yeah about their long term thinking. And this is something yeah, that, of uh, course, with with our uh, uh, with our you know uh, one quarter and whatever uh, to the next election thinking that's that's definitely a big competitive advantage. Yeah, yeah it it has been, will be, and uh, you know it it seems to me that when we look at uh, Ronnie, I don't know how old you are, Richard. I don't know, but but I'm 65 years old, and. I, Having been in America and remembering, they're, they're, they are taking the Chinese, not, I'm sorry, excuse me, the Japanese model. When I was a, a, a young child, if it was made in Japan, you used to laugh at it. It would be a transistor radio. It would be little paper fans. They all made it, you know, and, and made in Japan was considered very cheap and and then all of a sudden it shifted. And I can tell you, I, I had a moment in my life where I saw it shifted. I was just learning how to drive. So it was 1969. And they used to teach it at the public schools. That was where I lived in Chicago. They would teach you driving. So there was a Japanese delegation who came to, to visit to see how uh, America was teaching its uh, young people to drive. And I, I just happened to be there doing my driving. And a good friend of mine had just bought a Honda motorcycle. This is 1969. <laughs> and when the Japanese group, and there were probably 50 of them, when they saw the Honda motorcycle parked there, they were surrounding it, taking pictures, and were amazed that, J that Japanese products were being sold uh, like this in the United States. So then you saw it shifting dramatically. And then, of course, it came with cars. When Honda went into uh, smaller cars, Honda and Toyota, especially after the uh, oil embargo of 1973. So the shift becomes dramatic. So when Ronnie speaks to that, I saw it and lived it. And I truly believe 
that the Chinese are absolutely following the Japanese model, which is high-tech, high high, highly engineered products, a German model, by the way, also, uh, high-end high products that, uh, you know, produce and they're able to bring them in at a lower cost, and they just keep moving up the food chain. And, and yes, it is a mercantilist model because yeah. you can't say Japan absolutely had a mercantilist model, but I would argue that Germany in a lot of ways has a mercantilist model. So I think that is in fact, and I think Ronnie's 100% right, that that's the way they're going to proceed here. Uh, well, they need, you know, the, the Japanese did at one time have a much weaker currency, but they learned to adjust. And of course, probably if I go over the last, 35 years, the strongest currency in the world is the yen, because we went from 250 yen uh, to the dollar, all the way down to 75 yen to the dollar, mm -hmm. and now we reside at, at 113. And I can tell you, when I started as a currency trader, it was 350 yen to the dollar. So uh, there's been massive monetary changes through that period. And uh, Good engineering and good marketing and uh, you know high-end products can overcome that. So it, 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 we are really in an interesting time with the Chinese uh, uh, economy coming. And then there's India coming not far behind. And I don't think India is at all the same story in any way, shape, or form. Uh, just because I talk to people. And, and as Ronnie raises that really good point, because I just had this discussion with a guy who works for a large American corporation who's been living in Shanghai or on and off for 24 years, building out factories. Now he's just advising. And where are they going to? Vietnam, Thailand, yeah. uh, Malaysia again. Uh, oh, but not so much India. They're a little nervous about India because India seems to be too bureaucratic. Because I asked him that question because when he gave me his list of where the factories were moving, uh, I said, India is not on your list. He says, India has many great things going, but they're so heavily bureaucratic that it makes yeah. it difficult. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in terms of gold, um, Ronnie, uh, w what uh, currency are you most uh, bullish on gold? Like, is it the, uh, the Swiss, like gold Swiss, franc trade or gold euro? W what are your thoughts there? Uh, for, good question. I mean, uh, uh, Swiss franc. Of, uh, I mean, we're, we're based in Liechtenstein, and they, they they've got the Swiss franc. So, um, I still, you know, um, having a look at um, the market, the debt situation, uh, economic developments in Switzerland. Uh, I think it's it's for the longer term. It's it's one of the few safe haven countries. Our currencies, of course, the, the Swiss National Bank tries everything um, to destroy that status. Um, but, but, but I think, you know, compared to the euro, for example, um, I mean, I've, I don't know, com, com, I, I, I'm not too, too, too excited about the, the, the U S dollar. Uh, I, I think, uh, good friends of mine, like Brent Johnson, they, they're making a brilliant case about the strong dollar from my point of view. And the dollar is, is kind of rolling over on the other hand. Um, you know that the, the euro is a train wreck as well, and and I just really don't know what the ECB uh, will be doing when recession 
clouds um, will, 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 will increase. And, 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 and I can see at the moment, you know, uh, talking to, to German uh, manufacturers, talking to small and medium-sized companies in Germany. Um, Germany used to be some sort of the growth engine of, of, of Europe. And now they're, 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 they're becoming more and more problems. Um, we can see the Germans have been pretty efficient in destroying um, their most successful uh, industries like, you know, the utilities. Um, afterwards, the banks, of course, now, um, when they're talking about the merger of Deutsche Bank and Commerzbank, everything should get better. <laughs> that's, that's not going to happen. Now they're, they're trying to really destroy um, their, their, their uh, automobile industry. Um, I don't know why. But but it seems that um, the whole mood in Germany is, is is really getting worse and worse, and 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 that's confirmed by by most of the macro data that is coming in. So um, I think uh, recession clouds not only in the U.S. but also in the eurozone uh, are coming in, uh, and that makes me really really excited for gold. Um, in which currency? I don't know. Um, uh, tough to say, uh, probably uh, 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 on a euro basis, but you know, just just having a look at, at the performance in in in, in 2018. Uh, I mean, in dollar terms, gold was up 14% last year. This year, we are down 5%. Um, but in Australian dollar terms, in Canadian dollar terms. Uh, in Chinese yuan terms, uh, in euro terms, in British pound terms, um, in Indian rupee, gold is up this year. I mean, not not big right. time, between yeah. 0.5 and 5%, uh, but still it's up while everybody thinks that, that gold is just dead. And I really like this some sort of divergence between price action and, and market sentiment. And your thoughts, Ira? <laughs> Well, uh, Ronnie and I are certainly reading from the same playbook. I think the only I, the gold the gold Swiss is is the one that's lower, and I keep looking at that. And it's interesting that uh, Ronnie brings that up. And I know him and I've had uh, a couple discussions about the Swiss Central Bank, and we see it very much uh, similar. Uh, as I'm looking at my screen right now, I think the gold the gold Swiss. Uh, Swiss is actually up against the gold by about what for the year of me. I have to go back and take a look. Let's see, it closed out at 12, uh, 1263 francs to uh, an ounce of gold, and we're trading at 1230. So, yeah, we're down about 2%, uh, maybe a little bit more. But I, I think this is absolutely right. And we always return to this theme. And when I get my readers to read, I try to make them understand. They think that gold is, you know, they buy into what the narrative spun on uh, in, in the mainstream media from Fox uh, business to it's always about gold and inflation. And I keep trying to get them to understand it's not gold and inflation. It's the central banks losing control of the whole situation. And if you, you had to watch Mario, I listen to Mario Draghi. I always listen to him because he. I, I, some of it is just uh, such great entertainment. Others, is, you know, because he does provide nuance, and I always try to search for the nuance in his discussions. But these central banks, and, and it includes the United States, because the United States is trying to figure out this exit strategy. You know, they've never had an exit strategy from the QE. They've got, they, they did this, they did this, they did this in a panic mode because not 
They were trying to create inflation. Their greatest fear, and in Paul Volcker's new biography, he talks about this, the fear of deflation. And that's what people have to understand. You buy gold because central banks fear deflation, because they will go to any extreme to prevent deflation from setting in. And this isn't the place where we're going to make an argument whether it's right or wrong. That's a whole separate place, and we'll go back to uh, Hayek and uh, Schumpeter and Keynes. We, we'd have to sit on a stage, and, uh, and Ronnie would have to bring his library down so we could go through the book. Uh, and, but, but that's the difference, and I think that's where Ronnie goes with this too. It's what are the central banks going to do? And that's why you own gold, isn't it? Uh, we've seen it. When people believe that it's all under control, that they've done a good job, da, 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 then people will, will leave gold. And they were right to leave gold in, two, in 2013 because it looked like the central banks really had saved the day and there were alternative investments. But I think now we're coming to a, a new point where we're going to start to really weigh this out. And as, and as Ronnie talks about, China and Russia really become important here. and especially for the need to avoid sanctions. And uh, speaking of the Swiss National Bank, uh, Ronnie, what do you make of uh, what's happening in Europe with the European Central Bank, the stopping of asset purchases, uh, and the potential for the creation of a European monetary fund, which could issue EU bonds? Well, honestly, I, I, I didn't follow uh, the, the, the protocol or the, the announcement too much because I, it just makes me, yeah, it's just a bit, bit annoying reading, reading this, that stuff all, over and over. I think okay. sooner or later that there will definitely um, be some sort of a, of a euro bond. I think that's just the, the next stage. Um, I think. Draghi, you know, he postponed um, um, uh, the, the the end of QE for for, for quite a while. Um, I think they were pretty uh, pretty vague about uh, the, the 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 first uh, uh, rise in interest rates, probably in fall two thousand and nineteen. Um, I wouldn't bet on that actually, because if you know, numbers come in weaker and weaker, they, they're probably going to delay it. And, and then, you know, the big question is um, what, what sort of, of, of QE they're going to implement the next time. They probably at some point they will start buying equities, uh, REITs, whatever. I think it's, it's some sort of the, the Japanese way. But I think uh, Eurobonds um, in the course of the next crisis um, – will be introduced i'm i'm pretty pretty certain about that but um yeah and that you know those um i think that you know one of our other main calls for 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 next year is that gold will really pick up momentum um when they realize and and we call it the 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 emperor has no clothes moment so the moment when when they realize okay that this this whole uh, marketing campaign, this whole propaganda about you know everything is fine now and we can raise rates and uh, we're like uh, uh, like in a Goldilocks scenario with price inflation uh, not being a problem, economic growth being fine, we can just steadily raise rates. 
that's just not how it works in reality. And I think when the market realizes that the Federal Reserve will have to reserve, uh, re reverse, I think that's going to be the point when, when gold really picks up momentum. And I think, you know, with gold um, at 13.60, when we rise above this massive resistance zone, there's quite a lot of room up till 1500 and I know that many many institutional investors they're waiting on the sideline they want to enter the market but they need some yeah some price confirmation there's this great quote by by Bernard Baruch he said um, it's all about breaking the continuity of bearish thought. And that can only happen with, with price action. So we need some, you know, some justification, some, some positive price action. I think at 1360, 1380, that's going to be the point in time when institutional players re-enter the gold market big time. And your thoughts, Ira? Uh, I guess I, I can't, I, I don't disagree with any of that. We'll go back to the Euro bond because I write about it so much. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's the dream of people like George Soros. I'll say the whole Davos crowd and that's not conspiratorial. That's what they'd like. They, they, they bought in and, and rightfully so we go back to uh, Rudy Dornbush and Martin Feldstein and, uh, uh, Friedman, you know, some of the most some of the best economists, you know, talked about at the beginning of the euro or prior. What? Well, was even that it was a mistake because they they were doing things backwards. They were making the politics before they were making the financial underpinnings, and that's exactly where we exist in the world. You know, classic Bernard Connolly one on one, who discusses uh, ad nauseum, I may add, and and that's where we're at. So I think that's what Draghi's plan was, is, and will be which is, hey, my exit strategy is I'll fold all this sovereign debt that is on the books of the ECB into a euro bond. I will, I will force a, uh, a, a birth with great pain. It'll be great pain to the financial system, but it'll bring into fruition. So that which the politicians haven't done, I believe Mario Draghi believes he has created the foundation to do as the uh, final step, because none of these central banks, again, have an exit strategy from what they've done. And that's the Fed, too. The Fed is experimenting, and we're seeing the experiment, and the Fed is, is arrogance. There's an arrogance taking place. Simon Potter, especially, who runs the uh, system open market account, they don't want to back off from increasing rates at the same time that they're shrinking the balance sheet, even though they've never shrunk the balance sheet, and they don't know the outcome here. So they're doing them both together and they may be doing far more harm than they'll ever admit to. The Japanese openly have no exit strategy and the ECB, um, my assumption is that the exit strategy that Mario Draghi is working on is the creation of a Euro bond, which is going to wreak political havoc in what we are, you know, we're now calling the new, uh, Hanseatic, uh, uh, group, the, the Dutch, the, uh, the Germans, the Austrians, uh, because they're going to bear the cost of this is what's going on. I mean, you can't take a picture of it. And unfortunately, that's a big part of the way people believe what news is. But there is a process here. And that seems to be where it must go. You know, I, that's just an opinion. I think it's an educated opinion. 
So we'll have to watch this very intensely. And if that's the case, with the, the pains of that, I think Ronnie couldn't be more right. I, I think that we will see a, a move to goal. I think you're seeing it now in some of the mainstays of Europe, and Ronnie can speak to that far better than I can. But I think German citizens who are being so so financially repressed are becoming, you know, quiet buyers of gold just to protect. Because all it does is, is really, it's the, it's the ultimate currency to protect uh, uh, your, your underlying value of your wealth. And uh, finally, gentlemen, uh, last question. Uh, what are your thoughts on the effects of escalating political populism and even political violence uh, globally, in particular now in Europe, and its effects on the economy and the financial markets? Uh, Ronnie? <laughs> well, <laughs> we could talk about that for, okay. for, for, for many hours over a couple of <laughs> <Okay. laughs> glasses yeah. of red wine. No, I, I think, you know, the, the, the thing is, um, I think many, many, many things in, in society and politics basically boil down to our monetary system. And, and I think, you know, that the Cantio effect basically being one of the main reasons why, why this gap between um, poor and wealthy is getting wider and wider. I think this is important to understand. I think the populism that we're seeing um, not only in Europe, but all over the world. That's, that's no, no coincidence. It's just a sign that, that people, you know, their, their real disposable income, uh, is, is shrinking. Um, I, I, I think that, um, something that really worries me is, um, that nowadays, um, it's really, really have, it's tough to have a, uh, a decent, um, discussion about politics, and I, I mean, I, I don't have problems um, discussing uh, uh, politics or economy with a with a socialist or a communist. Yeah, I got no problem uh, to have like a, a solid discussion and and trying to to convince him to to make my point. But nowadays, uh, this is this is getting so emotional, and 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 there is no no dialogue happening anymore. And this is something that. That, that is very, very worrisome that, yeah. that, that this is just not happening anymore. Um, and yeah, we, we're seeing that, of course, uh, you know, uh, social media creates some sort of a filter bubble. Um, it's, it's just e easier shouting at somebody on, on Twitter than uh, shouting at somebody that, that you're sitting uh, 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 on the same table with. Uh, and I think, you know, our whole political... Um, um, our, our, yeah, our, our political um, discussion is is is, is getting um, yeah more more emotional and 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 less rash, rational, and that's that's some definitely not something positive. Yeah, in your thoughts, Ira? Yeah, uh, that's as, as Ronnie aptly said. This is a major discussion. I and I agree with him. I can people who are read and and, uh, and we understand you can have real discussions and I do all the time uh, and I and I honor them because it's about discourse mm -hmm. but too many people in the in the with rampant uh, uh, a sense of uh, validation you know we become a validation world and that's I don't need validation I don't want validation <laughs> I want discourse I want to yeah. I want to learn and I think you know Ronnie's point is right and you see it in France this is a global phenomenon. Trump was the, the one who brought it to the fore, 
but it really is the, the effects of globalization. And I'm a globalist. I'm not anti-globalization. I, my whole life has been studying multinational corporations, capital flows, and then finding ways, of course, as I got old, as once I got out of um, out of school, out of uh, formal school, putting it to work and, and making making it uh, a profitable um, business for myself. But but there are strains to it, and and unfortunately, a lot of the models that economists have built, and I and I will argue this, do not take in globalization. Because when the Fed measures unemployment and wages, it does it on a domestic basis. But if things are changing the world, when you unleash, uh, when, the, when, when the wall came down, the Germans understood what was happening. And you know what? It wasn't long that we got hearts for, and because the German unions were very accepting because they knew that jobs were going to Eastern Europe. As long as we live in a globalization means that money can flow freely around the world because the goods will follow, but money goes. And as long as it can go and chase low wages, the impact on the domestic uh, uh, workers and the middle class, most importantly, is very difficult because capital runs away. I mean, it's really classic Marx is what Marx talked about um, and many others of the time. So you, you are involved in that world. So that's what has to be done. And capital has just raced way too far ahead and has, and has garnered the gains, which is why we're, we're, we've seen record corporate profits in the United States. It, it is a, uh, uh, the logical outcome of that. So that's what they have to speak to and they have to understand. And uh, until they do that, you're going to have France and you're going to have other places where, and Germany is the one that really makes me nervous now, but we're not there yet. But it's definitely shaking. The, the foundations there are beginning to shake. And it is mostly, and I don't think it's immigration is just a cover. It is, as Ronnie says, it's money and it's financial repression that underlies it. And the uh, mainstream media just doesn't report it. Wow, great thoughts and insight, gentlemen. How can our listeners learn more about your work, Ronnie? Well, uh, uh, everything is on our webpage, incrementum.li. Um, we've got the In Gold We Trust report, of course. Uh, we're already working on the 2019 edition. Um, then we've got the quarterly crypto research report. Um, everything is, 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 is on our webpage. Uh, we've got a couple of funds. We're doing private wealth management. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm pretty active posting uh, charts and my comments on markets on Twitter. Uh, my handle is Ron Stoeferle. Yeah. And Ira. Notes from Underground is the blog site. Just register at iraharris.com, Y-R-A-H-A-R-R-I-S.com, and uh, look forward to uh, the discussion. Ronnie, Richard, great to talk with you. I'm going to jump off. Thank you very much. Very Merry much. Christmas. Take care, Ira. Thank you. Merry Christmas Ira. to you, Ronnie. The FRA Roundtable Insight Show is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be considered as a solicitation or offer to purchase or sell any securities. The investments, investment strategies, and investment philosophies discussed or presented on the show each involve their own unique risk factors which are not discussed on the show. 
Any discussions among the panel participants or responses to listener inquiries are based on the personal opinions of the panel participants and do not take into consideration the listener's suitability, objectives, or risk tolerance. Please be advised that you invest or speculate at your own risk. Thank you.